Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found at podcast underscore from. Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar on YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said, let's get this episode started. Ladies and gentlemen, so without further delay, here is your host, Shane Grove. Hey everyone, it's Shane Grove, host of the From the Shadows podcast. We are putting together a Patreon page for From the Shadows podcast listeners. Uh, And what a Patreon page is, is uh, there's different levels of patronage that you guys can sign up for if you choose to. Uh, What it does is it helps us uh, with a little bit of uh, support from you guys. Keep doing what we're doing. Buy some new equipment. um, Make sure that we can keep everything running and sounding good or much better, let's hope. Um, but with that, there's there's lots of uh, unique gifts and rewards and merchandise that's available um, by being a Patreon, uh, including um, a special episode each month by the judge, um, another special episode every month by the Ozark Howler, and at least one listener ep- uh, episode. Um, where we take a story from one of our listeners and share it with everybody. Um, so we will have the information out about that on our Facebook pages, After the Shadows, and the uh, From the Shadows podcast page, as well as our Instagram account. Um, we'll, we'll tell everybody how they can find that and become a Patreon of the show. And we, we certainly appreciate all the support our listeners have given us. Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and this morning, despite some technical troubles, I will still label him the super producer, Jason. What's <laughs> happening, Jason? Greetings, everybody. We're doing fine this rainy morning. We're doing fine this rainy morning, yeah. Because, hey, by the time this episode comes out here in Ohio, it may be snowing. So, it's a know, possibility this is Ohio, so yes. We'll, we'll, say, 
we'll take the rain. We'll take the rain. So, so um, we have kind of a special episode today. And so, h- how do I want to frame this? For because Jason and the judge, who's not with us today, because he's actually probably doing some judge work. Uh, however, you want to however you want to frame that too. Uh, Jason, does he really work or is he just, well, he he does for a portion of his time, put it that way. (laughs) Okay. Um, because we, we know from our interaction and and that we have some highly intelligent listeners out there for the most part. We indeed, we do indeed as the hot, as a highbrow paranormal show. So we, we know our listeners love everything there is, uh, everything there is to know about the paranormal. They live it. They listen to it. They, they want to consume everything and, and at a high level. So in order to class up the joint, we have brought in uh, the host of one of my favorite podcasts. Um, it's called the right way podcast. And uh, these guys are authors, screenwriters, uh, movers and shakers in the literary world. Uh, if you are an aspiring writer out there in the From the Shadows podcast listener uh, pool, these are the guys you, you know, once you listen to this episode, you're going to want to go look these guys up and they can tell you everything there is to know about writing a bestseller, writing a great movie. Um, and they're very entertaining while they do it. So, so let me introduce the founder and CEO and best-selling author. And I'm going to say best-selling author, um, even though I know there's, from listening to them, I know there's varying degrees of best-selling authors. Uh, <laughs> Rhea Fry. Rhea, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thanks for having us. And, and our other guest is the humble and very understated, uh, but, but supremely talented. Joe Tower, who, by the way, uh, is even more famous than I thought because of the way he screams his phone call, just like four times. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe, Joe, I had to lock it down. I got I got to keep it on lockdown. I'm really good. Thank you guys for having a, having that time. Uh, we 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 were so glad to have you guys on. And so the idea was, and I threw this out to Rhea, is because we have um, great listeners who who love the the paranormal and horror and, and, and stuff like that. I want, we wanted to pick you guys' brain because you guys are the literary experts and kind of do an episode where you guys, uh, told our listeners and us about some of the really great fiction, science fiction, horror books that are out there, um, that our listeners may want to go check out, especially since we're coming up on the holiday season, maybe, they can uh, ask them for gifts, give them as gifts to the other uh, uh, creepy people in their life. Not to sound you know, <laughs> ridiculous, but, but you know, <laughs> I mean, so, so we just kind of wanted to see what you guys had to say about, uh, the, you know, the science fiction horror genre that's going on that people might miss. Because we do have a lot of authors on here, but they're authors that are writing um, real stories, like eyewitness stories. They're they're Absolutely. Oh, let's so, not even get into true crime because that's our other. No, yeah, yeah. True crime. I mean, that is. We want to have a true crime 
podcast at some point. I, I was a, a journalist on death row and worked with tons of people that are, you know, convicted murderers and convicted felons. And I think I was a prisoner in another life or something. <laughs> There we go. There's your paranormal <laughs> confession right there. <laughs> there you go. I That's was right. A Past life regressions right here. <laughs> and it's funny you say that. Like one of my favorite stories is from is based. Um, we're near Mansfield, Ohio. Jason's actually in Mansfield, mm-hmm. Ohio, and that's the the site where you know. They filmed Shawshank Redemption. Uh, we just yeah. filmed the movie that's coming out, Escape from Death Block 13, all filmed mm-hmm. in the prison prison there. Mm-hmm. And one of the, my favorite stories, uh, and it has been, uh, is the Lester Eubanks story. Are you familiar with the Lester mm-hmm. Eubanks story? Uh, no. His name sounds familiar, but yeah. Lester Eubanks, Lester Eubanks in the 60s uh, was a medic in the Vietnam War. And he got he got discharged or whatever and came back to Mansfield, Ohio, and ended up killing uh, a young girl. And I mean, con- you know, got convicted, sent to prison, life. I mean, I think he got sent sentenced to death. Okay. Um, uh-huh. So in the early seventies, then when the death sentences were kind of re- rolled back and and everybody just got put on death or uh, life in prison. Mm-hmm. He then, in the early 70s, got, now, fancy how crazy this is, a convicted murderer of a child got sent to the mall in Columbus, Ohio, at Christmas time to buy Christmas what? gifts. Yes. He got he got dropped off by the corrections office, given like an hour or two hours to go into the mall at Christmas time to buy gifts for the warden and some of the other people in the prison. Okay, so of course he never shows back up. He sure. was just, this this was on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they just they just, yeah they uh, just did they just did it on Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, yeah. wow, he, yeah, fucking yeah. crazy. Yes, the story completely. And see, his dad Mose was a preacher in the town that between where I live and where Jason is in Crestline, Ohio, and of course he was a pillar of the community. But obviously did everything he could to uh, help his son stay on the run. And mm-hmm. and it's been the subject of a – there was a huge podcast on that. And, um, I mean, it's been – the okay, crazy man. thing – Yeah. The, well, the crazy thing was is the lady went to write a, was writing a book on all the people who had their death sentences commuted back in the mm-hmm. early 80s, I believe. And so she wanted to see how each one of these people's lives – uh, had changed for the better, worse, and, you know, whatever. They had no record of him. In prison. So oh, when he wow. walked away and escaped, nobody, they looked for him for a little bit, but it, then it just kind of disappeared. Like they, they kind of said, well, we don't know where he's at and we're just going to pretend it didn't happen. So Asia, could, there's a cold case we can work on. Right <laughs> there. I mean, cold cases. <laughs> <laughs> but they might well this one's pretty hot for a cold case yeah, yeah think, it is yeah, it is right, right now right. right it's like yeah. re- they're really like uh they've like upped the reward and they're really trying to like gather tips and um, and one of the one of the craziest things i uh, out of all this was i heard 
he befriended the members of Earth, Wind, and Fire out when he was out in California on the run. And there is a there is it may be an urban legend, but there is there is a thought that he may have because he was a painter designed one of Earth, Wind, and Fire's album covers. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, I heard that too. I heard that that was uh, some kind of a rumor or something. I didn't know it was true. Yeah, well, they get the guys in Earth, Wind, and Fire will not speak about it on the record. They will not. They're completely like, we're not talking about this guy. So, so there wow. you go. So now, so now that I hijacked the whole podcast, and football, no, I mean, but it, no, yeah. we we love all that stuff. We we are we are obsessed with yeah, true crime, paranormal. Uh, it, we cover the full spectrum. So it was good that you decided to to have us on to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so tell us, you know, you can tell us a little bit more about your background and stuff if you guys want. Cause I know Joe, you're, like I said, you're humble and understated. And, and Surely. I mean, the mountain of stuff that I found on you was a whole <laughs> podcast in and of itself. You know, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't all encrypted, password protected. Come on. I thought, I thought, no. I thought I would go better than that. No, obviously you're going to have to uh, get your, Get your uh, tech guy who set up your phone to do your. Uh, yeah, there you go. Cover, cover <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because we, um, I, I uh, work for Rightway. I'm the editor, executive editor at Rightway, and um, we actually the so Rightway has two. Our company has two different arms. Um, uh, Re is in charge of. We have a, a, a huge. Our bread and butter is the nonfiction. Uh, book proposal uh, creation and, and and pitching arm, and then we also do uh, fiction manuscript um, uh, editing, developmental editing. And the majority of the the clients that we have are actually all mostly writing genre or mostly writing yeah. uh, stuff that's close to genre. And I mean, like you know, genre fiction in particular, it's just like it is it is the juice. I mean, literary fiction is like. I, I, I'm I'm always I'm, I'm a long appreciator of books. I love books. I love uh, I love fiction in particular, but um, the genre fiction in particular, you know, horror, uh, sci-fi, uh, high fantasy, um, not only is like where a lot most books are are sold and and you know like thrillers like hitting bestseller lists, but I would say like horror genre in particular is, is in a nice is experiencing kind of a rad little renaissance. There's like lots of good yeah. stuff. There's like lots of great new writers. There's lots of great new female writers um, putting out some pretty incredible horror fiction. So it's kind of a cool time for this actually, because there's a lot going on. I think. Yeah. And I, you know, I've always been interested. I mean, I write more kind of in the thriller genre, but again, my background being, you know, working as a journalist and, and really always being into true crime. When I started writing fiction, I wanted to skew darker. I wanted to go just super dark, super creepy <laughs> and, and actually maybe even use some, some real cases that I've read about, worked on. But I, I quickly realized, you know, at my publishing house, they really want me to stay um, in that kind of women's fiction slash suspense genre versus going really, really dark. So I've actually been toyed with the idea of writing under a pen name and, and kind of, you know, branching out and going a little bit darker because I think there's just, as you know, Shane, I mean, there's a universal interest 
any yes, kind of the yeah the paranormal uh, paranormal the just the things you can't quite answer like we just watched um what was it the uh haunting of fly manor or something like uh, that yeah. some new yeah yeah show on on netflix and i mean everything of course is horror right now but i don't know i think there's just so much room uh to grow and and again with most of our fiction clients that we get we are always dealing with genre. We rarely get literary fiction. We do get a lot of sci-fi, horror, mystery, thriller, um, science fiction, fantasy. So it's it's really interesting to see kind of what comes across our desk. Yeah. Now, do you, now, do you guys, um, the, so for the horror stand, standpoint, what, what do you see as the vehicle that's driving the horror? Like, is it more... Um, to the, me, the state of our world. The state of our world. <laughs> but I, uh, amen to that. But uh, like to me, the always the, the scariest part of horror is always the stuff that is so that walks that line of if it could have really be true, you know. And oh, and, for sure. You know, when somebody yeah. like uh, you know, like you take The Shining for instance, um, and that character slowly going mad. Uh, because mm-hmm. you can see that happen, or or is there more of a supernatural bent, like um, um, stuff that maybe doesn't has a foot in each world, you know? I mean, well, I, or something I, totally fantasy. I don't know. What's, I think what's, that's a, I think that's an interesting question, and I do, uh, in my opinion, I think it's like pretty diversity, like spread across the board. There's just like yeah. a lot, like, and, and I think one of the things, and I, I love that Rhea brought up that, that show on Netflix, The Haunting of Blind Manor, because I do think not only are there some horror writers, like young, new horror writers and writers that have been around for a while or, or horror writers that are kind of like largely under underappreciated that are writing some pretty like edgy out there stuff that covers all the bases you mentioned. But also there's this new, not new, but there's this, like, we're re-honoring the classics again. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that TV show, The Haunting of Blind Manor, is an anthological se- uh, anthology series. Uh, last season, it was The Haunting of Hill House, uh, inspired by the classic Shirley Jackson novel. And this one is inspired by uh, Henry James' turn, uh, The Turn of the Screw. Okay. It, we're, uh. we're really trying to, like, recapture those classic... There's a lot of like, um, there's actually a great book that's coming out or just came out uh, called The Mexican Gothic um, by Silvia Moreno Garcia. And it's sort of like uh, she's being compared to a lot of like classic Gothic horror writers. There's this sort of revamping the old, revamping like what made, what made the shit work to begin with. Um, and I, I, I think that's I I think it's super rad. So I think there's just so much shit going on in this genre right now that I when I started um I've you know I've been doing a lot of reading of actually of of classic horror lately and I was kind of blown away to see how many new how much stuff is coming out right now uh where we're really really grabbing onto this genre and shaking it out for everything it's worth. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, so if you, so if you wanted to, so what is your, why don't you go ahead and just each one of you pick out a couple of your favorite things that are out right now, 
and maybe just kind of yeah. throw them out there and give our give our listeners yeah. like a, an idea of maybe something they should go look at. And I'm writing Definitely. these I mean, down, by the so, way, for myself. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many books that come out. And, you know, Joe and I do a, um, a podcast at the top of every month where it's called Coffee and Trades, and we talk about new books that are coming out. But the way that it fell for us this month, we didn't get to talk about any of these horror books or, or books in October around, around Halloween. So this is really fun for us. But there is a book called The Hollow Places by T. Kingfisher. It actually came out on October 6th. Um, but it's a follow-up to a book called The Twisted Ones. And she really explores the story of Kara, which is a woman who discovers a portal a portal to alternate realities um, that has, like, terrifying creatures with the ability to read minds. So a little bit more, you know, kind of out there, but a, a really great one that came out this month. Now wait a Now I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. You say that's out there. You need to listen to about the last yeah. pod, podcast <laughs> we've done. It's, yeah. And, um, that's the crazy. Like I, we're gonna have to go check that one out, Jason. Because oh yeah, doesn't that sound like what is going on in the world right right now? It like does. The, it's uh-huh. scarily yeah. scarily similar. I mean, I mean the we we keep getting guests on and. There's physicists that are that truly believe that we are rubbing up against the you know the alternate reality that you know whatever hundred percent yeah is that it's being torn open and that some of the stuff that people are experiencing is stuff that's coming back and forth between these dimensions and and to have somebody you know I mean that's fantastic that's a that's a great Rhea you must have done your homework that's a great. Uh, <laughs> that's a great. That's a great book. Yeah, yeah I mean, so I've always been interested in portals. I feel like there. Yes. I just want to go through a portal. That's been my theme of twenty twenty. I'm like, can I step into another reality and like just escape this one right now? <laughs> because I mean, you talk, about, <laughs> you talk about cold cases too. Uh, there's the you know there's the the theoretical principle that a lot of the cold cases that exist, like missing persons, uh, people that have you know gone out hiking and joshua tree national park and never seen from again uh you know decades later uh actually are yeah stepping into portals and not returning so yes I mean, oh yeah yeah david polites has done a lot of stuff on that and that's one of the i think one of his theories is how can somebody when you're in a group hiking how can you turn your head for 30 seconds and somebody literally disappear uh yeah. and and just there's no trace of anything. Yeah. And um, gosh, Four, portals, baby. If I'm going through, if I'm going through portals, I'm just ending up yeah. in the same place. That's all. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love like reading about that, writing about that, just the whole disappearance thing. I mean, I you know that was my first novel. It's about a kidnapping and, and just disappearances in general. I think are the most like universally interesting stories to to read about, to tell, to research, because there's just that collective, you know, wanting to know what happened and not being able to, um, that I think keeps people so interested. Yeah. That's why, that's why we watch Dateline every Friday night. Cause it's just like, <laughs> yep. what? because you, yeah, and you're right. It is. It's like, that we. It, it seems like we're in a, time in in the world's history where we sh- we seem to know everything and then it's 
and everything is on a, a camera, a phone, you know, it's all, it's all collected. Yeah. But then how do people just disappear? How does that happen? And, and it's just, it's hard. The more that we keep people aware of it. Yeah. Uh, the more that we keep people aware of it, I think the more people are going to be on the lookout. Eventually, we're going to have some credible witnesses that's going to verify and say, yes, I seen this person go into this ball of light or something along those lines. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are like you guys are like the, the new generation of, uh, of like coast to coast AM. You guys are like the new George Norrie, man. That yeah, is uh, the best compliment we have ever had. You are welcome back on this program anytime you want to. We will clear the slate to allow you to come back. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I do mean Joe, it. You guys are bring, bringing that information to the masses. Joe, what you don't yeah. know is that, is that Jason has a poster of George Norrie on his wall. No. Uh, <laughs> and and, and I I went all the way. Remember, I went to yeah, meet sure. him and uh, to hang out at a meet and greet with him. He's a great guy, man. Oh, <laughs> the captain, man. That's, uh, that is fantastic. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I used to listen uh, when I first moved to L.A., you know, uh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago now, uh, when I would get uh, when I would uh, get done bartending, you know, whatever, one thirty. 1, one thirty in the morning, I would always listen on my way to an all night diner. I would always listen to, to coast to coast, uh, oh, yeah. in my car driving. And I just, man, I, I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I've been a coast insider so are, for about 12 years now. <laughs> I am honored to be on this call with you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Same here. Rhea, Same here. Rhea, Rhea, I think that you and I should maybe hang up and let them, so so what uh, other uh what other uh great uh yeah. what other great books are out now that uh might interest because i mean you just you, like that one is i think it's going to be a fit i can't wait for our first listeners to go check that out and let us know that they, that they yeah read that. Um, I would I would reiterate I think Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia um, is definitely uh, worth the pickup. Um, it's getting a lot of good press, um, and it uh, it definitely has sort of like a, a, a really interesting cultural niche. Um, the other one too that sort of like has that cultural niche in the same vein is uh, is a novella called Ring Shout by P. Jelly Clark. Uh, he writes. That's, it, it's a that's his, his pseudonym, but he's he's actually also a historian. But he's got this this book is a basically a, a horror a, a horror book uh, about the Ku Klux Klan, and uh, it oh, uh, um, it came out uh, just the beginning of this month, maybe uh, the third uh, uh, yeah beginning of October. Um, but it's about uh, you know literal monsters, demon carnivores within the Ku Klux Klan that are, uh, um, that are sort of rounding out the, 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 the racists in the group. So it's a, it's a, you know, definitely like a, a, horror, a, a great horror novel. And then, uh, also, uh, you know, a commentary on, on what's happening in, in our country right now. So I think ah, super worth yeah. to pick up both of those. Oh yeah. That sounds yeah, very interesting. Yeah. 
there's, um, I love that this one, it's a collection of essays, but it's called Be Scared of Everything by Peter Counter. So it's a collection of essays on the horror genre. And so it kind of blends criticism and memoir and the kind of importance and humor of the horror genre in general. So a little mm-hmm. bit more, um, you know, just kind of step-by-step look inside of the horror genre. But this one, um, this one as well, Elegy for the Undead by Matthew Vesely also came out like mid-October. But it's a zombie novella about two newlywed husbands who navigate the world when they only have a short time left together. So this is like totally left field. Like I don't feel like you hear a lot of or read about a lot of zombie novellas that have like two newlywed husbands. So I thought that was kind of cool, like something totally different that um, you don't hear about every day. I was going to um, say that that, that that is probably a first that I've ever <laughs> Same here. That's not. an original take right there. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. what I love about this genre because you, you know, again, with we, we deal so much with having to fit inside this neat little box with certain genre fiction. And there are rules that do apply. And I feel like with this genre, you can stretch a little bit, you can play around and explore, and the rules aren't a set in stone. The publishers who tend to publish genre fiction as well can take more risks and chances than some of like the big five publishers where you do have to fit in this neat little box so absolutely cool to to be a writer yeah yeah i agree also like this this in particular like the the horror genre um and maybe definitely more so so than sci-fi it's it's a genre that that really lends itself to like to being reimagined in new generations you know like yeah, the idea of uh, of a zombie horror novel featuring uh, a gay couple is is like it's you know it's a it's putting a, a you know like teaching an old dog a new trick. Whereas you know a lot of other genres that might be more uh, tied to place or time, uh, horror really is not, and it really like really lends itself to to new generations of writers reimagining what it can do and what it can say for our particular place in time, which is like the best part. Yeah, I definitely, because the monster can always be the same, but the, totally. but the circumstances and the, and different, uh, you know, background can change. I mean, cause you could still put Dracula, you could put the, the Wolfman in any sort of, uh, environment and yeah yeah, and have a hundred different stories based on you know and the the horror the true horror is still the same except that yeah maybe maybe the the twist is is how they uh the uh the really horrifying creature takes whatever new technology or new setting and and uses it to their advantage that you wouldn't uh, normally think about you know i I totally in fact in fact there's a there's a book um a book that came out in November um, uh, by a writer who he's got two books out this year. It's called Night of the Mannequins by Stephen Graham Jones. He is a great, great, great horror writer. I can't recommend him enough. Um, so he's got this uh, Night of the Mannequins came out in November. It's a punchy little like more like current um, uh, kind of funny, gory uh, horror romp. Um, but he had a, a another book that came out earlier this year 
called The Only Good Indians, which is a kind of monster in the like the it's a it's a follow horror uh, where a group of kids are being stalked by you know essentially the boogeyman uh, in a lot of ways or whatever the boogeyman uh, manifests itself as in that in that book. But that 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 is a particular horror trope that works time and time again on so many levels, and it definitely speaks to each generation, speaks to individual people as that like you know shape in the dark. Uh, that is mm-hmm. haunting us, trailing us, following us, tracking us. Um, you know, whether it's because we committed some kind of a, a sin or misdeed or, or went someplace we weren't supposed to go or did something we weren't supposed to do. That is, that is one of those like perfect, the epitome of horror tropes that just can repeat itself and repeat itself and repeat itself and never get old. I agree. And also it horror does its job. I mean, it helps people yeah. regardless yeah. of, uh, what generation you come from, how, how many retellings you have, uh, adding the nuances of a newer generation. It does its job by, it makes people appreciate the reality that they're in. Truly. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. You know, totally. we, 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 um, recently you know we have an eight-year-old daughter who hates for anything scary she's like nope can't do it but <laughs> she was at my parents house and and we my husband and i watched the original halloween because i've never actually best, seen it um, that's the best one ever it, it yeah is so yep, 1978 I was blown away by the slow burn because not that much happens in in that movie but i but the the differences today were we have so many like, you know, gimmicks and gore and blood and violence and all this stuff, but the the anticipation mm-hmm. was the scariest thing of all. And I don't know, it was just so masterfully done and I, I feel like I, especially with visual any anything in the the visual world today, you know, we're so stimulated all the time. There's so much noise, there's so much dis- distraction and sometimes we think like bigger is scarier and I, I don't know, it was just such such a wonderfully done film and i wish i don't know i i wish we kind of go back to well i wish they would i wish they would have stopped at halloween too yeah be perfectly honest yes (laughs) Yes. well it was great it's a great franchise it it really is well but you know okay well jason i listen you and i (laughs) listen you and i just were on a podcast where we discussed jason x i mean come on <laughs> yes, we did. But yes, we did. I, I agree with Rhea also, and I think that that was masterfully done, and they did that on a shoestring budget, and oh it was one God. of the well, best. That's what I said. I was like, this is the cheapest film ever, and it's so, it's right. so well done. Absolutely. But yes. that's the lesson. That's the lesson there too, right, is look, look how much you can really get done, and may, yeah. maybe we need to, like, on a lot of horror mm-hmm. films, not to get like totally off subject, but maybe we need to like rein in some of those budgets so that a lot of these, you know, yeah. you had our, our tour horror directors who were, who were making, making movies for nothing, making movies for pennies compared to now. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, well, think, yeah, there wasn't a lot extra to do. I just watched, speaking of horror, I, sorry to interrupt, but speaking of okay. horror, I just watched, um, Re, uh, Rebecca, the remake of Hitchcock. Oh yeah, Rebecca. yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. 
which the the you know that that movie you know based on uh, the Daphne du Maurier uh, famous Daphne du Maurier story um, is a sort of about a haunting of sorts absolutely but uh, you know I look I think about the original and you know you, of course you cite Hitchcock and it's like well obviously the dude was a, a master but it, it won the Oscar it was really really well done and they really focused they had to, because of the times and because of the budget and because filmmaking didn't include all of the technology that it does now all the flourish they relied solely on the only methods they had for storytelling you know a camera cut lighting sound performances and that was it and this new the new version that's out on netflix and not to disparage it but it's very for all that it incorporates a lot of like CGI flourish of these dream sequences that weren't actually included in the, uh, I think in the original, uh, even in the original IP or even the Hitchcock version, but like all of this extra stuff. And for all of that extra, the movie is shockingly flat, shockingly like, so you have all this money and you have all these tools, all these extra tools that you maybe don't need. And you're still not telling the story as well as, someone who was working with less, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and here's the, here's the common here, to nail that point home is that, you know, when we talk to people and they tell us their stories, okay. Whether it's like a ghost story or somebody saw, you know, or thinks they heard something in the woods or whatever, there, there's not like big explosions and a light show and something coming through with a chainsaw, you know? It's, right. it's not big. It's not big budget, you know. You're right. sitting there and you hear a noise or you see something out of the corner of your eye. It's just the subtle things that really scare you. And then it's the idea of, uh, you know, being home alone or is there somebody out there that you can't see or is there something following you in the in the woods or it's just the little things that are the scariest. Because they can be, right. you know, the bit, just like you said, the big budget stuff. I mean, we don't, I don't, I never heard anybody say, uh, oh gosh, this really well costumed yeah. clown <laughs> yeah. came through the, you know, <laughs> I, it's just, it's just a small, it's just the little subtle things that are the scariest. I mean, if I looked out the back window right now, and saw a guy in a Carhartt jumpsuit and a oh god and a melted yeah. William Shatner mask. <laughs> I'd be a little bit so I'd be scared. You know? I can t- so I used to be horrified of Freddy Krueger, of course, as a kid, child of the eighties, and my brother <laughs> got that mask. And you know, back then we we would run around lawless. I mean, just at night, be my friend lived about five ten minutes away. So I would often sneak out and go to her house and I had to pass this yard with like a three-legged dog and this creepy man sitting in a lawn chair. But my brother one night like snuck out and had that mask on and I was running to my friends and he just appeared behind a tree. And I swear to God, <laughs> I mean, to this day, I will not rewatch those movies because that scared me so completely. <laughs> it's just that idea of being chased and going to sleep and I, I've always since I was little like just seen things and seen just seen images and seen people in different rooms and different homes that we've lived in um, 
and and one time in in Chicago when my husband and I lived in Chicago I mean it was nightly like I would see things flying around and just this awful energy and we started researching the building and it was a slaughterhouse um and there were like there were butcher marks all over the like in our in our bedroom was like the worst room and I don't know it's just so crazy I I know we're going to talk about that later but but yeah just picking up those energies um I mean, I think that's such a good point, though, is like, isn't that what makes, I mean, if like, if this is sort of like, if you can like, if you think of like a horror, horror stories, it's like, uh, you know, horror fiction is like the tale around the campfire, like, isn't that part of it is like how we relate to it, or do we relate to it? Or like, you know, in certain, uh, do certain stories, horror stories, or, or supernatural stories make us either think of an event or something that happened to us? Or doesn't it elicit our imagination where we could imagine what that would be like? Um, I mean, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, the, those, those, the really well done horror fiction, the really well done horror films all sort of have that same effect on us where all of a sudden we're, you know, you're watching Halloween and like you're watching, you know, Laurie Strode get chased all over, all, all over the house and you start looking over your own shoulder. You know, that's, that's you're absolutely right, Joe. I agree with you. You were spot on. You're that's what makes when you get those elements brought together, that is what makes a good horror movie. Yes. Well, there is nothing more terrifying than what you can conjure up in your own mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if you plant, if you could just plant the seed of, of a possibility and let the person, the viewer, the reader, whoever grow that horror or that terror within themselves it's it's better because what scares you may not scare you know what what visually scares you may not scare me but it's what we don't see and what we can imagine is going to scare us the worst and yep. the guy the, the people the people that can do that and, and we'll go back to halloween where you know i'm, I'm talking about the you know when she, Jamie Lee Curtis, looks out the window at school and there's Michael Myers standing uh, by his car. Yep. Okay. Oh, man. And, yeah, and she looks away and he's still there. And then looks away mm-hmm. and he's still there. Then he's not. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, a normal horror movie, he'd been gone after the first time. Okay. Yep. But, it, yep. but it's like those two more beats where he's still there. Now where's he? Now where is he at? Where'd he go? Yeah. Well, where so, is that? That is the ultimate yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. Is he, yeah. Is he, yeah. Is he in the school? Did he drive or is he, did he go to McDonald's? You know, what's he doing? You know, what, yeah. what's, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. See, she was hit after that. that. That was it. Right. See her, she was all screwed up. Yeah. That's, that's right. I mean, let's face Jamie Lee Curtis is a child of Hollywood. She might've been screwed up anyway. Well, I'm just saying, you know, a situation like that, her her imagination is running wild, yeah. and she can't think and function after that. Her thoughts is, where is her brother? Where is Michael Myers? Right. Yeah. That's true horror. It's sort of like using that kind of a formula individualizes the horror to each, indi- to each fan totally. that's watching the movie. Yes. So what what has you got? So each one of you guys, I mean, you guys are obviously avid readers. What's your go to scary book? Like what's what's like your comfort food? Like what's one of your all time favorites that you 
that you could always go back and reread it if you had to. Yeah, I, it's so funny. Like, this isn't typical horror, but to me, it, it just uh, stands in my mind. But it's actually Beloved by Toni Morrison. Um, it's such a haunting, haunting book um, with this, you know, Margaret, um, who's the main character. She can't escape the ghost of her past or the literal, literal ghost of her dead baby, um, who's known as Beloved. And it is such a haunting tale and the way that she writes um I, I don't know to me that's always been one of my favorite books and and again not maybe typical horror but it definitely stuck with me just the lingering after effects of it yeah Rhea actually contributed to glamour magazine asked a bunch of writers what uh their favorite horror book was and i was delighted to see that you you chose that because i think that like yeah. It doesn't often, it doesn't, it needs to regularly be included among those other titles because it is Definitely. such a great ghost story. Oh my God. It is such a great ghost story. It's, yeah, so haunting. What, now, so what, what about I you, Joe? To. What's your go-to? Um, I am currently rereading and I think my go-to is, is actually The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Um, I just yeah. think like, she was definitely a writer who like did her homework on, and it, it definitely doesn't qualify. It doesn't necessarily qualify. I mean, I guess it qualifies as horror as a genre, but the emotion that she was looking to elicit was not horror, but terror. And I do think that it is, it is one of those books where it is it's such a, you can so see yourself. Um, it's, you can so relate to the characters because she examines, uh, in particular, the main character so closely, and she so did her homework on what the tropes were, and she was able to kind of circumvent it for I think a wholly rig original, but then what ultimately became the defining ghost story of 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 our like of the last you know the last thirty years, thirty forty years at least. Yeah, and can I add like what I remember being terrified by a book the first book that just really kept me up at night uh, kept me up at night was dc andrews flowers flowers in the attic Ooh, um, that book oh yeah so terrifying to me and i read it when i was way too young way too young <laughs> <laughs> um, because it dealt with such adult adult scenes but but again it was just the thought in my head of what could happen and what can happen to children specifically, you know, when you're, you're a child and thinking like you're, you're protected and everything's fine. But, but I remember being so haunted by that book and, and again, wanting to kind of still return to it um, year yeah. after year, yeah. which is so fascinating to see what we're terrified by. We still want to kind of return to and dive into and research more. Um, well, you actually, oddly, kind of hope you have that feeling again, right? Like, I remember when yeah. I, when I yep. was probably <laughs> too young to read Stephen King's The Dark Half, and I remember kind of wanting to go back to revisit it to try to re-feel the same pure fright, like the same pure anxiety and fear and, like, um, that that I had the first time. Because there is some, it, even though it's, I don't know, we, we paint these responses as somehow negative but don't we i love that feeling of like suspense or like 
waiting for something to jump out from around the corner or that image that I can't like get out of my head. Like haunted houses. Exactly. <laughs> no. Anyone go to haunted houses? Like, no, my cousin will not go to a haunted house with me now. But I mean, that was that used to be my thing. I would go to all the haunted houses. Yeah, me too. I try to hit them every season. Well, I, when I was a kid, there was one we went to that they were using real chainsaws. They broke um, a friend of mine's kneecap, like inside oh, the slaughterhouse. What? It got oh, completely my. shut down. It was all over. That the is game. actually it was, <laughs> it was. Yeah. It, <laughs> Talk about it a true crime. Time. Talk about a true crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's it right there. Yeah. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say that the first book that really um, frightened me and scared me, and I was able to relive it year after year, was the uh, math textbook I got second grade. <laughs> and every year mm-hmm. after yep. that. I got a mask. That'll do it. it to me. I was like, oh my God, this is the horror. But the flowers in the attic, I remember walking out of that movie when it became a movie. <laughs> and just, I was so, I was like, this is, this is terrible. I didn't read the book. It's inappropriate. But, but I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm like, what am, how am I supposed to feel as I walk exactly. out of this movie? Because this is just so wrong on so many levels. And, so many uh, levels, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but yeah, it's it's um yeah the you know when I was a kid, I loved and you guys are way younger than me, so I how used old to are love. You? I won't even tell you how old I'm going to be Friday. Oh come on! Oh, the day before, I, I'm turning. I'll be the big five zero on Friday. Uh, wow! Hey. Congratulations! You're not yeah. that much older than us. <laughs> yeah, we'll just awesome. go ahead. Just go ahead and say, go ahead and say, yeah, I'm a lot older. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I was always into, I like the fiction stuff, but I always loved, uh, you know, the, the weekly reader stuff that we used to get, like you know, the scholastic book orders that you could. Um, oh yeah. Did you guys yes. get those in school? Oh yeah. Of course. Every time oh, there was a love that. Uh, a ghost one, a Bigfoot one, a Loch Ness monster one anything be bermuda triangle i i ordered it and i would just you know the next for 99 cents maybe and the next week i'm just devoured because that's all we had back then was were books you know there was no yeah. looking stuff up on the internet there was no podcast there was no um there wasn't even stuff on television for that stuff and so that you know as a kid that's that's how i got my I was I was more into do these things really exist somewhere? Somebody's seeing these things, and are they? They're not here in Crawford County, Ohio, so hopefully I'm safe. But then you come to find out they are here in Crawford. They're every well. Remember, all we had as a kid was in search of with Leonard Nimoy. In search of with Leonard Nimoy. See, these guys don't even know who Leonard Nimoy is. That is like, not true. That's Mr. Spock <laughs> from Star Trek. Everybody knows that, Shane. <laughs> remember, remember, we were talking about Star Trek to somebody, and we had to clarify that they were referring to the next generation. Oh yeah, generation. yeah, that's right. That was uh, yeah, uh, Stacy Brown, Scumcape expert. Yes, yeah, Stacy Brown. Oh, now, have you guys no, watched the new? Have you guys watched the new Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix? Um, I watched I like yet. I watched. Three I haven't yet either. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. So cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome that they brought that. Uh, they brought that back. That was such a great, 
it's such a great show. Yeah, know? I know. What a classic. I mean, again, like classic formula. Like, talk about shit that we all desperately want to know. Yeah. Now, now, Joe, I hear, now from listening to you guys' podcast, are you are attempting to write a horror screenplay? Am I right? Or a horror book? Uh, Which is it? Actually, yeah, I'm working on a horror book that is either smartly or stupidly about um, being quarantined. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're gonna be the first. You're gonna be the first one in the pool. Is that what we're saying? I'm trying. I'm trying to like to lead the pack here in COVID fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hey. God. Listen, I'm seeing right now the merchandising possibilities, or like the mask with the with, endless. With, oh mean, my god! Right? The, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, come on, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, 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 uh, we wanted to we wanted to ask you guys before we let you guys go, like, what are you guys got any good supernatural stories of your own that aren't fiction? You know, and Rhea, you already started telling us the awful crazy yeah. thing that went on in your bedroom in Chicago. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's, that's about the extent <laughs> of it. It's always, always at night and in different houses and really seeing, I mean, ever since I was a kid, um, just really being able to sense presences and see different, you know, shapes and things hovering over my bed. <laughs> um but but beyond that, no, like I've never had just like a true encounter during the day. Have you, Joe? Yeah, uh, not during the day. I have, uh, and I'm definitely, you know, I'm my mind is open to <laughs> those kind of suggestions. I'm a huge uh, extraterrestrial nut. I'm one of these guys who's sitting around waiting for government disclosure. Uh, so am so I. Like, I am like, I'm, how much I'm, more government? Go, like, how much more government disclosure do we do we need? They, they just admitted well, in June we have UFOs in our possession. Truly, <laughs> but apparently there is much more material that Harry Reid said. There's much more material that they're still not releasing. Yeah, that's what, what he well, said. Yep. Well, my my conclusion is that somebody was driving as UFOs. Okay, that there the we off-world, go. The off-world vehicles that we possess. Somebody was manning those or flying them, and so, uh, yeah, like that came out in June, and nobody paid any attention to it. It was crazy. I couldn't. That's how crazy the world is, right? Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. People are more concerned about the COVID crisis. Truly, yeah, truly. Um, But I did have a, a paranormal experience. When I was very young, I grew up in a very eerie house uh, on Home Street in Jamesville, Wisconsin. Um, and I uh, saw a figure in my bedroom in the middle of the night. Uh, I remember it very distinctly. Um, I remember screaming and, and the figure the figure dissipating. Um, there was no light or shadow in the room. Um, it was clearly uh, a to me, as, as clear uh, a, a figure, an actual corporeal figure standing in my bedroom um, is, is what I remember seeing. Um, and during that time that we lived in this house, my mother also experienced a broad range of like classic uh, events 
uh, Rhea, you mentioned like figures floating above her while she was in bed. Every time my dad was out of town for work, she would hear, you know, she would be totally awake and hear footsteps coming up the staircase. Uh, she would wake up in the middle of the night and be unable to move. Um, oh, yeah. Like a lot of like insane sort of classic poltergeist style events, object moving, uh, cabinet doors um, that were open being suddenly closed or vice versa, like just uh, a broad range of shit. And honest to God, since we moved out of that house, which this was many, many years ago, uh, once we left that house, I never experienced anything in any home or apartment I've ever lived in since. Oh God! And that that reminds me. I wow. Didn't, um, say this, but reminds me. So the house we lived in, we just moved into a new house two years ago. But we lived in a rental a couple of years ago on this street. That so we moved in, and we kind of knew the history before we moved in. But I started developing all of these weird heart issues, like weird palpitations. I ended up in the ER twice. Like didn't know what was going on. And the man who lived there before died of a heart attack in the bedroom, in our bedroom. And he was Googling heart issues when he dropped dead of a heart attack. So then we started digging a little bit more into the street. And there were three murders on that street. Uh, Well, there was a hanging um, across the street. There was a man who murdered his family and then, of course, killed himself. And there was another man who committed suicide and this is all on our same street um so i wanted to to dig and see like are we on a burial ground like what's the history here our house our house got hit by lightning twice um what yeah like that might be the most amazing thing right there yeah it was insane within a week it killed like our tree my daughter was there it caught fire like it was the craziest thing to witness, but there was such a dark, sinister energy in that house. And I remember waking up one night and there was this man like literally lunging at me and I flew backwards over my husband, scared him to death, like scrambled over the bed and he didn't disappear. He was just there. And I don't know if it was the guy who died or whatever, but I was like, we have to get out of this house. We were also sick like a lot all three of us would get um a lot of respiratory infections and just like just sick in this house had such a horrible energy um so that's changed a lot since we've left but the whole heart issue and the heart attack thing that that just blew me away i was like i we literally got to get out of this house or i'm gonna die here (laughs) it was was awful like my my jaw is hanging because that i mean hey i hate to break it to you joe there's your movie right there. Yeah. There's, there's the movie. <laughs> totally. like, this, like this super successful author moves into this seemingly unassuming neighborhood and discovers the dark, the darkness. Thing. Yeah. You know? It's like you were living at, I don't know why I haven't thought about that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, you were uh, living at like the crossroads of uh, the mortal flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on this same street. So get this: that my our neighbors just moved, so they moved away from there as well. But right before they moved, there was this guy going around. He was called the Hatchet Man, and he was walking around what? with a hatchet and breaking into people's houses during the middle of the day. 
I was like, but was he like murdering people? And he wasn't. But I was like, what is going on on this street? There is something super sinister about this street. It sure sounds like it. (laughs) (laughs) What what was the name of the street? Uh, It's called Graeme or Graeme, G-R-A-E-M-E. Um, no one can I mean, ever sound right. I thought she was going yeah, to say Elm crazy. Street for a minute. <laughs> yeah, Elm Street. Oh man, that would be the best. See, um, if she had but, any sense, if she had any sense of comic timing, that's what she would have done. But, yeah, exactly. She'd have been like Elm Street. We'd have been like, ah, oh, no. no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's it's, it's you know uh, Anderson Court. You know, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought I thought the name of the street might be something really catchy you could use as a title, but if you can't pronounce it, then there's that that's exactly a that's a dope go. Yep. Holy smoke! Yeah, that is wow. that's wild. That that's crazy. Wow. God damn! <laughs> that, that yeah. is, like <laughs> I love thing. it. Like the possibility. I don't ever get to talk about that either, so that that's fun. I don't even you know. know that's mind blowing. I can't believe it. I know you don't even know any of that, Joe. But yes, so, I know. Um, so talk yeah, about yeah. <laughs> like negative, like the negative energy in that neighborhood yep. with all that stuff going on. I mean, I wonder if you research that neighborhood. That I'll bet, yep. you, I'll bet your wave of stuff is not the first wave of oh, stuff I, that has gone on. I completely agree. And I actually, I mean, now that we're talking about this, I'm like, yeah, why don't I do like do some more digging and and kind of see what I come up with because it's too coincidental to have that many incidents on one street um so yeah really tracing it back to see what was there and what all happened if you do cool. uh make sure you check in with us so you come back on there and tell us <laughs> oh, about I it oh i will i mean i check in and make sure that you're still okay <laughs> yeah exactly yeah our <laughs> listeners will want to know well she never came back is, is she all right <laughs> yeah i mean joe she, if the next thing she hands you the edit of her it just says all work and no play makes Rhea a dog girl. Like, oh my God! I mean, like, God. <laughs> oh, I ruined, I ruined it, Rhea. That I should have told you that afterwards. Turn that in. Give it, it, it Immediately <laughs> to Nashville to save <laughs> her <laughs> husband and her daughter <laughs> because Rhea has gone insane. Wow, that oh is that is that is fantastic. Well, well, I hey guys, we've uh, kept you long enough, but I. So pre- I know Jason appreciates you guys jumping on. Very much so. Was, yes. You guys yeah, gave thank us you. great insight to uh, some great books. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go check out a couple. Although I'm not, I'm not going to go read anything about mannequins coming to life. That that. Whole yeah, that's uh, well, don't be de- don't be deceived. It's a, I think I think there's there's a super interesting premise there that you might actually like. So. Oh no! See, that just sounds, yeah. sounds like a setup right there. I'm, 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 I'm totally baiting you. I'm luring you into the trap. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now, Jason, the only thing that I that was missing from this was a book review on the From the Shadows book series. I I was totally, you know, thought maybe they would. Oh man! They, yeah. They, they would. They were going to come out and say. Great new writer. <laughs> Everybody should purchase that book. Yes, we need to have you on our podcast, and then you can. Yeah, we'll write yeah. The There you go, Shane. <laughs> well, it'll be just a complete disappointment for everybody involved. But oh, hey, no, <laughs> but we, hey, but I can't express to our listeners enough if you guys 
want to learn the ins and outs of, of just putting your idea down on paper, just to even start with, all the way through to finishing a book, finishing a screenplay, getting it out there to the to the world to, to see these are the guys, uh, Joe and Rhea, go listen to their podcast. It's super interesting, especially if you're like a geek like me that is into the technical back back uh, <laughs> stories on how to do stuff. But they do, like you guys do that, uh, the interesting uh, at the beginning of the month, you know, you guys do book reviews and, and talk about what's coming out and uh, yeah. And you guys are such cool people, just period. Yeah, I mean, you guys keep it. There's no, like, stuffy stuffy shirts and, and uh, you no, know. That's no, that's not. We, we, we pride ourselves on that. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, if, if any listeners are interested in just, like, ah, I want to write a book, but I don't really know what I want to do or what my goals are, we do offer 30-minute free consults to just, you know, hop on Zoom, hop on the phone, and just talk through your options because, that's our main goal here is just informing authors to make in, in, inspired and informed decisions about their career and just empowering them with the right information. So they know what to do. They know how it works. They know how to get their work out there. Um, so they can always go to our website, rightwayco.com. It has all of that information. W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y-C-O.com. Uh, but we're always happy to just chat and, and kind of help you figure out what, what you want to do. That is great. That that is that is really great. That's some good information right there. I'm yeah, sure our listeners would love to love to do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if any of our listeners had had a story idea about uh, being quarantined, sorry, Joe's already. Uh, yeah, so I've it. already taken it. Don't even bother. <laughs> uh, but Just hey, guys, kidding. I would never. Thanks so much for coming on spending some time and classing up the joint a little bit uh you know because because we we and i hope and i encourage all of our listeners to not only go check out the titles that that you guys talked about and uh you know read them for themselves or you know that we are getting into the holiday season you know and uh you know maybe book makes a great gift book makes a great gift yes they do and then while you're looking up bria Look up her book, uh, Rhea. You, you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna. Well, thank you. Yeah. Give you a chance. Got to plug to, this to, book. Yeah, plug your. So book. I mean, it's it's kind of um, it's not horror, but kind of worst case scenario. It's um, called Until I Find You. It just came out in August, but it's about a blind widow who believes her three month old son Jackson has been swapped for another baby, but no one will believe her. So a little bit of the changeling, um, you know, mythology going on in there, but. But yeah, just kind of a, a mother's worst case scenario of, of thinking her baby's been been swapped for another child. Um, but that no sounds absolutely horrifying. horrifying. Yeah, that's what I was it thinking. That's very that's horrifying. very scary it in itself. Actually, yeah. yeah, she's she's underselling the horror of the of the book itself. <laughs> I was what, I was ex- it definitely I was fits ex- the genre. I was expecting this to be the until I find you the Lester Eubanks story. Uh, well, they, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So you know, like I said at the opening, Bria is a best-selling author, and, and no matter what the list is, she's a best-selling author on our list for sure. So go well, check out her, go check out her newest book until I find you, and or 
And then uh, you got a couple other titles. You want to tell everybody else about that? I do, yeah. So Not Her Daughter um, was my debut, came out in 2018, but it's about um, a woman who kidnaps a five-year-old to save her from her abusive mother. Uh, So kind of a reverse play on kidnapping, kidnapping for good, if there is such a thing. So again, got that disappearance element. And then my second book is called Because You're Mine, and it's harder to sum up, but it's there's some um, kind of worst case scenario on what what happens um, if a parent dies and leaves a child without a guardian. Um, you can sense a theme here. There's a lot of like mother mother child things <laughs> going on, but I really I really like to explore kind of a parent's worst nightmare and and making it feel like it could happen to you. And so has like, your has your writing changed since you moved off uh, the real Elm Street then? I mean, it seems like <laughs> well, it's funny. Yeah, I wrote my first two books there, ironically, and then um, yeah, it actually has changed a little bit. They, I have to say, the energy is totally different in this house compared to that house. So, uh, not quite as as all doom and gloom. So, wow. Well, everybody, go check out go check out uh, Rhea Fry's page on Amazon and 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 get some of those books. I mean, they, they sound great. They sound absolutely terrifying, and I can't wait till they're made into movies. So anybody that thank uh, you, yeah, any, any of our movie producer uh, friends that are listening out there, go check out Rhea's stuff because I think that's a some of those are great premises for a movie. And then Joe, is there any place we can go check your stuff out, or are you just going to keep being humble and understated? Humble and understated, sort of my my go to. Um, Definitely check us out at definitely check out our website at Rightway Co. Um, uh, and I have uh, a small uh, creative concern called the Hatbeard Company. We also put out some podcasts and have done some obviously live production, storytelling events, and so forth. Uh, that website is htbrd.com. Um, and obviously, we're not doing so many live so much live stuff anymore but uh yeah definitely check out rightwayco.com and if you do have the yen to write a book or have written a book and just don't know what to do next uh definitely hit us up for that 30 minute consult that's great that's great and i think i think this uh, pandemic that we've gone through i think a lot of people have probably started to write that book that they have put off yes, they have mm-hmm. yeah so. yep Totally. So don't don't That's, sit around and do nothing with it. Go look up Rhea. No, and, I mean get get the ball rolling. Absolutely, because yeah, that's a, that's the problem with a lot of people. They they have a good idea, but they don't know how to get started. So that's why I was saying so, earlier yeah. this consultation, this thirty minute consultation, spot on. That is that's a one right there. Well, I mean, and we talk about it all the time that over 80% of people want to write books and there's only 40,000 published authors in the world. So there's a huge disconnect there. And so many people want to write books, but but we are really in the business of helping you put out that finished product, whether it is self-publishing, traditional publishing, but just getting it done. Books don't write themselves. (laughs) That's outstanding. um, That's outstanding. Now is the time. Yep. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks again, and uh, we're going to be looking forward to uh, to some other projects coming out from you guys so we can tell everybody about it. So. Yeah, and Rhea, if Danny, you find out you anything guys, yeah. about that property you used to stay in, make sure you keep in touch with us and let us know. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> Definitely will. 
I will check in regularly. <laughs> great, great. All right, all right. And, and Joe, if you run into George Norrie out there, give him Jason's number. <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to absolutely well. I'm telling buddy said hello. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks a lot. Yep, take Thank care. You so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.